0: ability, especially when it comes to someone who is caring for my children. I hold that person on the highest level of expectation. The reason why is because it was through my oldest child that I learned to do so, that I I learned that I needed to hold myself to higher expectations and to the adults that I had around my children to the highest expectations. And if they did not meet those expectations, I did not allow that adult around my child Under any circumstance. And I'll tell you this. It's because a child's mental health is so, a child's mental state is so fragile that it cannot take any body's mental state, but a child, they're so innocent. They don't know anything. They know a little bit, but they don't know what they don't know. And that's a lot, considering a lot. And that doesn't mean that in we teach them in a condescending, demeaning way. No, it just means that we have to be very patient with them. They don't know what they don't know. And it becomes an issue when the child makes a mistake a million times. Some children are not auditory learners. Some children are visual learners. Some children need to do it themselves. And it's a process. Learning is a process. There is never a time that a teacher will give a test to a group of students on a subject that they haven't covered in school unless it is a test like an IEP test, or a class placement test. Those tests are very different. But let's say, for example, a kindergarten teacher would never give the children a multiplication test. If In kindergarten, they don't cover multiplication. Multiplication isn't covered until third grade. So, or back in my day... <laughs> that is when it was covered. So, if the child has not covered that subject and practiced it, not just covered it, but and they also practiced the subject, then that's when a test is given, but they have to practice it in school, they have to practice it at home for homework, and then they have to come back in school, practice it more, go back home, practice it some more, and this usually takes a week to two weeks before the subject is ever tested or their knowledge is ever tested. Here's the big, big problem that I have is not a lot of Adults will take that into accountability. So what ends up happening uh, is the child won't have the grace to learn. And even myself, I had a big problem with this as a mother. I was not taught this way. My way of teaching was very demeaning, very harsh, my words were very harsh. I was also a young mom and I was very ignorant to a child's early development and psychology. And I will be the first to tell you that I have paid for my sins very Seriously, my consequences to those actions have been very, very, they've hurt. My consequences have not been minute. They have hurt. And so I want to say this. With creating a mentally ill child, however you would want someone to verb to to um, word that, whether I created it, whether I contributed it uh, to it, whether i uh I didn't foster the environment, whether I allowed different people that shouldn't have been in my child's environment to be in my child's environment and to influence her psychology and her mental state in a very negative way, however you would want to put it, at the end of the day, I still need to hold myself accountable for my ignorance because it was through that ignorance that taught me the value of mental health in early childhood development. Now, a textbook can teach you about mental illness, but I have learned from experience firsthand what you don't do. And it's from my own mistakes. That I can look at how an adult is treating their child, is devaluing their child, is not prioritizing their child's mental health that will cause their child to have their mental state decline, right? Now, here's the thing, which leads me to say this after that rant. So, summer is summer's great. There is a two-month, you know, vacation period for teachers. Uh, here's the thing, though. The human brain is not meant to be idle. A child's brain, and I'm not talking about overloading a child, I'm talking about structuring the environment so that children can have structured play, structured learning, and structured activities. Because the more structure that is present in an environment is the least you will see Fighting, arguing, those things are bound to happen. But it's important to keep them in a structured environment. This is why. Because structured environments teach them discipline. It teaches them that there is a time for everything. There is a time. Now this is, you know, reading circle time. Now this is play with blocks time. Now this is coloring time. Now if we're going outside, it's playground time. It's recess. Now we're going to the cafeteria. This is lunch time. And then the children start to learn that we do certain things in certain rooms, in certain environments, in certain allowed spaces in allowed times. What happens if a child does not have that? What happens if a child does not have that is they... Idle hands is the devil's playground. That's the bottom line. And what ends up happening is if a child has a lot of time on their hands... Then they will conjure up some pretty mean things to do to the other children, and that's also followed by energy law now in genesis eight twenty one it says that the imagination of a man's heart is evil from his youth, so if this is true, which it is, how can you make sure that you optimize this child's structure to the point where they will have the least amount of time to play in an unstructured way. Okay, there's free play. There's free play, but it for a child to have free play all day, that's not healthy. Because they need something to keep them occupied in a positive way. The only way that you can keep children occupied in a positive way is by providing a positive structure, is by providing a schedule, is by providing a set schedule, not just a schedule, but a set schedule that you will meet at all times. In New York, it is a common thing for you to see home daycare-based environments and centers. Home daycares are okay because most of them, if they do have a home daycare, they have the ability to have non-traditional hours. And non-traditional hours would just consist of anything that's outside of normal business hours. Now, I live in Suffolk County and Suffolk County is like the suburbs of all of New York. And just to paint a picture for you, Suffolk County's buses stop running anywhere from 6 to 7 o'clock at night. Some buses even stop running as late as 5 to 6 p.m. Now, if that's the case, right, then you have to correlate that to, to daycares. There are no, I have had a really hard time finding a daycare that would stay open past traditional hours. One did it for me. And I believe that it was mainly just for the paycheck, just because of the way she treated my daughter, and I think somewhere in her mind, she believed she loved children, but more so, she really liked the paycheck. She was money-driven in the sense where she would um, mention, oh, you should do that because that, that makes good money, Right? So it was more of an earnings type of thing. But in order to work with children, you have to like children. You can't work with children and not like them or understand them. Uh, It should be a requirement. And I'm not sure what the requirements are for daycare providers in Long Island. But it should definitely be a requirement to have a certain amount of credit hours of uh, early childhood development of um, psychology of learning something to teach the providers how children are well this particular provider was she would make all the children uh, sit in various And they're assigned places and the children weren't able to get up to play. And the children weren't allowed to go outside. Sometimes the children would go outside, but the problem in New York is that it is too cold to allow the children to go outside during certain times of the year, especially in the winter months. And, To top it all off, she was a Hispanic woman that didn't know English, and so she would give the children instruction in Spanish, and if the children knew a couple of words in Spanish, then she automatically assumed that they knew the entire language, and she expected them to do what it now that's not all of her fault because I went into it under the premise that my children would be able to learn Spanish but a hostile environment is not a learning environment so a child cannot be in a hostile environment under any circumstance because then, I'll, this is when adults say, you don't listen. Well, if the child doesn't learn by auditory means, they're not going to learn by you talking to them. They're going to learn by either you showing them how to do it or you, uh, walking them through how to do it themselves. Right? A kinesthetic learner or a visual learner. Uh, tapping into a child's learning, uh, styles is important. Not only that, having the learning styles, the structure, another thing that's highly important is the way that we talk to children. We, under any circumstance, can talk to them in a demeaning way. Because what ends up happening is you will have opposition. Instead of the child. Giving you cooperation, what you'll have in turn is high opposition, and the child won't want to listen to you because they won't want to be nice to you. If you're not nice to them, they don't want to be nice to you, and it is, you will wreak havoc. They will wreak havoc on you, and you will not be able to, what they say, control the child. So, where does that leave us? That leaves us with structure, that leaves us with, uh, speaking to children with respect and learning styles. Now, when I took my daughter out of that, my daughters out of that daycare and put them in a new daycare, I went from home-based daycare to home-based daycare. I'd heard once before someone told me that's a home daycare. That's not convenient for you or that's not good for you. The word in Spanish for convenient basically means that's not going to be good for you. So I didn't listen. I went ahead and still put them in a home daycare because I knew I knew I needed non-traditional hours and I still placed them in a home daycare. Well, the second time around, put her in a home daycare, probably because humans are creature of creatures of habit. And I took her from one home daycare and put her in the next home daycare. Now, here's the problem is all, I didn't need the non-traditional hours anymore. I could have put her in a center. When we came up for time to take summer break, there was a situation where my daughter was called a name by another one of the members of the household. Now, this is the problem With home daycares, there is no separation of church and state, right? So I use that term only because of how big of a deal this is. There needs to be a separation between daycare and home. Where the person goes to sleep should not be where the person cares for the children, having a babysitter, I'll explain. Throughout my time with my oldest daughter, the hardest time I had with her was not just the divorce that was going on at home, but it was also harsh teachers demeaning her, disrespecting her at school. It was also, um, or teachers teaching her with an ego. That's a problem. Because you can't teach or parent a child with oppositional issues with ego. You have to humble yourself more than they're humbling them and themselves. And this is a very hard task because there's how do you do it? You have to bring back your ego and say, no, I will show you submission because I want you to submit. But oftentimes, adults that have had that type of trauma from their childhood, they're not going to be able to submit to a child. There is another big misconception that a child should stay in their place. Now, these are cultural lies. A child should stay in their place. A child should not speak unless they're spoken to. And children are to be seen and not heard. All three are rules that you would have for a slave. Those are not rules for children. Those are rules for house slaves, for farm slaves. Those are rules for slaves. A child is not to be, is not to speak when, until they're spoken to. Then you will never be in the court of heaven because the court of heaven we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and we enter into his courts with praise. And then the Bible says that he shall ordain praise out of the mouth of babes. So we have to let our children speak because you won't ever be able to laugh out of frustration. There are times where I am sitting in my house or in my car and I'm thinking about some grown up thing that I have to take care of and growing up is a trap and my daughter will say something super funny but if I still believe that a child is not to speak unless they're spoken to I would not be able to effectively parent my child now my grandmother would say, now these are the culture lies that they've believed because what happens, yes, you know, slavery may have been abolished and segregation may um, be over, but mental slavery is still a thing because those lies have been passed down from generation to generation. And this is how they're passed down from generation to generation. My mother, my grandmother on my mother's side, my maternal grandmother would say, for every word you have, that child has five more. And she'd basically be checking my mom for conversations her and I would have, and instead of My mom having an, uh, my mom and I having a healthy environment to process our emotions and for her to teach me, she was unable to do that because everyone had their hands in the pot. Sometimes that's okay, but sometimes it's not. And when it comes to someone demeaning the child, that's when it's not. Now, there are ways that I handle that now. And I don't, I don't allow many people to teach me how to parent if it's not sound doctrine. In the end days, my people will not endure sound doctrine. Why is that? It's because they are taking teachings from man and not from the Bible. Now, I believe that scripture is the most sound doctrine you will ever be able to get. And that's because it is the word of God who is God. God is the ultimate energy. There is only one that can teach you about energy, and that is God. Now, God sometimes speaks through humans, but if it goes back and it's derived from the Bible, there are other cultures, there are other religions that teach biblical um, concepts. Those are sound doctrines because you can still find them in the word of God. Now, for that daycare, aside from the adult saying that then, there was a child that was in the daycare that was also part of the family, and then she came over to my daughter and told her the name that my, that the woman called my daughter. It made my daughter cry. However perceived, it was an unacceptable. Now, just some issues to present to you of environments. When I took this into account and I saw how the other child kept treating my daughter and In front of me, the other child came over to the daycare provider and told the daycare provider, I don't want, and said my daughter's name, and said, I don't want her here anymore. Now, this is a seven-year-old child. Now, at that point, the daycare provider said, excuse me, that is not your place to tell me that. Now, She, that was, in Spanish, you would call it bien afrevida, Or, in English, you would say that was a little too fresh. (laughs) And she said it in front of, now, this is the thing, because I don't hold children accountable for what they do as much as I hold their parents and the adults around them accountable for what that child does. And the, I don't believe that the other adult in the home was saying something negatively about my daughter. I actually think that she was um, joking around because here's the thing. She called my daughter a monkey. My daughter was climbing on top of the... Swing set, play set, and she called her a monkey. Now, here's the thing. I strongly believe that she didn't do it out of as if like a racial slur. The reason why I don't believe that is because she herself was married to a black man. Her children's grandmother was a black woman. I believe that she really said that out of the baby. Jumping around in our two cultures in Spanish, that's not actually a thing. In Spanish, uh, Spanish countries don't talk about, um, you know, darker skin uh, people in a negative tone. I've never heard it in Puerto Rico. Some people have told me later on that yeah, some countries they, but I've never heard it in Puerto Rico. Um, I and my sisters were dark skin. Now, when she said it, because I've been, I was raised by the black community, I, I took it offensively. But then I could hear God's thoughts and listening. He's telling me there's no way. And then he's pointing out the truth will set you free. So this is what it boils down to. The child Has no accountability. Because then my daughter says to me, mommy, I tried to go back and tell the daycare provider what uh, the other child was doing to me. And she didn't want to hear what I was saying. And she told me, I don't want to hear about anything that anyone's doing to you, go play. So now there's a lack of accountability with the child that's part of the home-based daycare, and there's a lack of accountability with the adults that are part of the home-based daycare. Now, I won't take my daughter out of the daycare because of the little girl. I'll take her out because of the lack of structure and the lack of accountability for the daycare provider for the adults of the home because it's too, it's it's almost like co-mingling. It's just, it doesn't feel, something doesn't feel right there. There's no structure, and accountability, like I said, accountability is my pet peeve. So I say all of that to say this. It is more beneficial for a parent to keep a child in a daycare center where it is in a commercial building outside of a home with many people for checks and balances with your child. And... the state to hold them accountable and the structure to be in place without you having to request it. Go to places, leave your child in places where there are systems in place already, where you don't have to request them, where your beliefs, spiritual and cultural beliefs are valued and respected. Because when I was teaching my child, I didn't want her to eat sugar. She recited it to the daycare provider. (laughs) And the daycare provider told her, no, that's not true. You need fat to make you strong and healthy. And my child said back to her, no, you don't need bad fat. And she's six. Now, that can be perceived as talking back. But this is the thing, you raise a child in the way that they should go and they will not depart. If you see that anyone is interfering with what it is that you are trying to instill in your child, what it is you're trying to teach your child, how you're trying to educate your child about anything, whether it be their physical um, health, their mental health, uh, nutrition, uh, whether it be cultural or uh, religious, You have to keep your child with people who are like-minded like you. If they're not like-minded, you are going to clash with that person, and it's going to be very... Another thing that I don't like is when I see a blatant lie, and I see that the person is trying to make my daughter out to be a liar, and I know the truth, I know the truth, but my child then my child is manipulated right in front of me. These are different things that you have to take into account with the people that you're leaving your children with. If it's not, if there's no structure, a person like this, a babysitter like this, because see, home-based daycares aren't the only problems. Babysitters are too. And if you cannot afford to take your children to a daycare center, I suggest that you start looking for a home-based job. Take them to a home-based job. I mean, you start looking for a home-based job. Keep your children at home with you because even if you're working on a business, I wouldn't recommend that you work on your business out of survival. You need something to be a base pay to cover all of your bills and then you can work on your craft in your spare time. Grind on it. Live your purpose, but do not live out a job for your living expenses. Do not work out a job. I'm sorry, do not have your business to pay for your living expenses when your business isn't making any money yet. Get an online remote-based job to be able to care for your children in the best way possible because no one is going to give your children the patience that they deserve the way you will. You know all of the milestones that your child has reached and has not reached. So when you expect something of your child, at least the expectation can be realistic. Someone who isn't familiar with your child who doesn't know your child, they won't see your child as the baby that they are. Just because a child is 6, 7, or even 8 years old, it does not mean they should know better. You train a child in the way that they should go and they won't depart. But what happens if there's a lot of different people that have their hand in the pot? Or if you're taking your child from one babysitter to another? There's going to be way too many rules. That's confusing. That's one. Two, a child doesn't develop reasoning until they are nine years old. Psychologists have given children the window of 9 to 12 to develop reasoning. What is reasoning? Reasoning is when a child can think of the consequences before they decide to act on what it is that they want to do. Where does this come in handy? Well, when your child gets hurt, which they will a lot, Especially if they're super active and adventurous like my little ones, they're going to get hurt a lot. You're going to have to not look at their crying as you have to suffer through their crying because you're already setting yourself up for failure. When they cry, it's going to upset you. What you have to do is you have to think, okay, that is the price they had to pay to learn that that wasn't going to be okay. Now, the more that your children pay this price, the more it is that they will learn that they can not do it. Because one thing about it is that everybody learns through pain. It's not a good learning method, but when something hurts you in life, it's inevitable for you to learn from it. Some people never learn from it. I've heard that too. But it's important for you to help your child verbally process what it is they just went through. When my daughter, the other day, she was trying to do a cartwheel in her room. That's a small space. There is not much room for cartwheels. She was trying to do a cartwheel in her room and her foot caught the bunk bed. Now, I'm not really sure if this makes a difference, but the bunk bed frame is wooden. And when she hit her toe against the bunk bed, it completely lifted her nail from the nail bed. She was in a lot of pain. Now, she'd been flipping and flapping all over her room and knocking just different things down. Then I said to her, when she knocked her toe against the bunk bed frame, I said, honey, this room is very small. Now, I'd already told her several times to stop, and she didn't listen. And I mean, she was definitely up there with energy. If children are the closest to God, then that will mean that they are the highest in energy and they will do things that to us it will seem like what were you thinking they weren't because they're still under a state of hypnosis psychologists say that a child up until the age of seven is under a state of hypnosis that is the theta wavelength now for you A theta wavelength for adults, we reach this wavelength about one time per day, and that's when we are getting sleepy and we're getting ready to doze off. Children are under that state all the time up until the age of seven. That's why you raise a child in the way that they should go. They will not depart. Why? Because this wavelength is the best time to learn. Everything is engraved into the subconscious at that time. It is all truth. Now, and what I mean by it is all truth is my people will worship me in spirit and in truth. This is this wavelength of the brain that we go under when we are meditating, when we're praying, and when we're getting ready to go to sleep. They say that it is the best time to pray, to image pray. Because not only does it send out, there's the least amount of resistance. It sends wavelengths out. And we are all connected. We're all connected through the mind. Now, for your child, Don't let this baby grow up in an unhealthy environment. Healthiest environments are where children blossom the most. You cannot put a beautiful rose in the middle of the desert and leave it and expect it not to grow. That is not the environment. That is suitable for a rose. Children are beautiful trees. They're beautiful flowers. This is not just an analogy. This is why the Bible called us trees. This is why when the man that went to be healed by Jesus, the blind man said, I see men walking around like trees. Jesus did not make a mistake when he healed the man. What Jesus was doing was he was healing his spiritual sight first. What do I mean by that? I mean he was healing his sense of sight first because it is our five senses that allow us to discern good from evil. According to Hebrew 5.14, that's another topic for another time. For right now, always make sure that you keep your children In the best environment. Make sure that you keep them in environments that's always lit with sun. What do I mean lit with sun? The Bible says joy comes in the morning. What is the morning? The morning is when the sun comes out. What is joy? You know how to take it from there. Make your child happy. Make your children happy. Try to tap into what it is that their love languages are. Try to see what it is that's going to turn their frowns upside down. Secondly, some flowers bloom under shade. So some children may not want for you to always kind of be in their face, right? Sometimes you're like a teenager. Sometimes your children may kind of want to be to themselves, This is a flower that needs to bloom under shade. When you bloom a child under shade, this child will like gestures and gifts more. This child sometimes will like quality time under the circumstance that they can only have you and no one else can have you during your quality time. Why? Because they don't want a lot of people around. This is the shade. Another thing is that children will need lots of watering. Water is words. Water is not just teaching them things. Water is words, words of affirmation. You are amazing. You are so smart. You are so good at that. You're so beautiful. Wow, I really like the way that you do that. Wow. And the more that you talk to them in a positive way, way and affirm them is the more that your words will become their internal voice past the age of seven. This is important because if you train a child in the way that they should go, they won't depart. Water them. Soil. Soil is so important. What environment do you have your children planted in? Do you have them planted And anywhere where you're bringing your children day in, day out, is where they are, is their soil, is where they are ultimately planted. Where do you have your children planted? Do you have your children planted in healthy soil? There's a soil in Florida, it's called peat soil, and it's sold in Pahokee, Florida. This soil, they sell it. But by law, they're not allowed to sell more than two units by Florida state law. But the soil is so rich in acidity. The reason why this soil is so acidic is because it is right next to the beach. Not it, not directly next to the beach because there is about one entire county that's blocking Pahokee from the beach, which is West Palm beach. But there are canals that this town is filled with canals. And the canals are bringing that fresh salt water from, sorry, not fresh, but salt water from the sea directly to the soil. Now, this is particularly amazing because it's not sand, This is another, this is soil, this is dirt. And with the seawater and the dirt, it's able to create this acidic soil. Now, the environment that you put your children in has to be rich in water. It has to be rich in water. The Bible says, That a man planted by the river of God will be fruitful in every season. Okay, so what does that mean? If you have your child in healthy environments, no matter where they go, you have them in a healthy environment at their, within their sports, you have them in a healthy environment in, um, their activities, you have them in a healthy environment at school, you have them in a healthy environment at daycare, the family that you bring them around, um, they have healthy environments within their home, and then you have a healthy environment at home, that will be the soil that you need to plant your children in. Without this fruitful environment, What will end up happening to your child is they will become mentally ill, and when you keep passing, if you keep passing it off as if this is a problem, either, you know, you keep thinking, oh, no, I I have to work, and then you have two jobs, that will make your child mentally ill, and it will not produce the environment that you need for this child. If you think, oh, no, I need the babysitter, I'm going to keep her at that babysitter. No, that will not produce the environment that you need for this child. If you think, oh, she needs to be in a sport, but the coach always screams at your child instead of encourages your child or persuades your child to do what it is that they want them to do. The art of persuasion goes a long way because it's not only asking them to do it, but it's also teaching them why they need to do it because information is the right information is important. Educational information is important. Why do I need to do this? And children at the age of six and seven want to know why, because they're learning. It's their adventurous brain. Now, Only if your child is a child (laughs) that this advice pertains. This advice pertains to children of all ages. It doesn't matter until the age of 18. It doesn't matter. If you're having a hard time with your child at home, know that better is coming. If you have changed the environment for a child that you were ignorant to knowing what the environment was supposed to look like in your earlier um, parenting, know that better is coming. Better always comes through water, and water is words of affirmation. It's praise. We enter into his courts with thanksgiving. Make sure that you're always, always thanking your children for what it is they're doing for you, for what it is that if they're listening to something that you're not sarcastically, but wholeheartedly. Thank you for doing that. I like the way that you did that in the beginning when I first asked you. Thank you. I like when, thank you. I like when, thank you. I like that, you, thank you. I appreciate that because we enter into his courts with thanksgiving and I'm sorry, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Who is his? Who is he? He is God. He is us. So by saying, we enter into his courts with thanksgiving. We enter into his gates. I'm so sorry. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. We enter, everyone has an individual heaven and an individual hell. There are many heavens on earth and many hells on earth. And that is our own mind. The mind is to be renewed in the spirit of the mind. That's Ephesians 4.23. The mind is the spirit and there are different spiritual realms and there are different worlds. And we are all different spiritual realms and we are all different worlds. We enter into his gates. We enter into our child's heaven gates with thanking them. And we enter into our child's heaven courts with praise.